coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. You do not deserve Pokemon Snap 2, and you shall never have it! It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We're going to be talking about the news from the week, including some more details on Pokemon Sword and Shield. And then on Thursday, come back because we are going to be determining once and for all which is the greatest Mario power-up of all time with our special guest, Christian Hume. Uh, But in the meantime, Mark, how are you? Feeling so good. Yeah, how good are you feeling? So good. (laughs) I love it. That's that's a great indication of how good one is feeling. Um, I saw Spider-Man this weekend. Mm-hmm. No spoilers here, of course. Um, but I have two quick stories from uh, going to see Spider-Man uh, that I wanted to share. Um, my first first is that uh, this was Friday night. Uh, we were going to an 8.30 show, which means that we were in the parking garage at the Americana when that 7.1 earthquake Oh, my hit. gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I saw it happening before I felt it happening. I saw the, all the cars. We were looking for parking, and we were looking at all the cars around us, like rocking back oh, and wow. forth. It was wild. Uh, so that's story number one. Uh, everyone's fine, but it's the earthquake um, uh, affecting Los Angeles has been like basically zero, right? Um, uh, for these two, yeah. For, for these two, Because they were yeah. far enough away. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I came home, my water bottle was still standing upright on the kitchen counter. So, um, but the second story is that there was a kid in our screen, in the screening of this movie, like a teenager who loved Zandaya so much that every time she was on screen, he took a picture of her and posted it on social media. <laughs> In, like, an annoying way? Because that could be so annoying. Oh, of course. Okay. It's, it's a kid using his phone during a movie. It was super annoying. <laughs> he didn't say anything, but he just did it. It was very strange. Because um, she must be on... Sc- I haven't seen it yet, so yes. no spoilers. But she must be on screen a lot in that movie. I'll never tell. <laughs> uh, here's something that could be on your screen all the time. You don't have to, have to take any pictures of it. My copy of Sonic forces has zendaya already borrowed patrick's copy of sonic forces we'll never tell you uh, is she a listener of the show of course she is <laughs> thank you zendaya for <laughs> never tweeting about it man wouldn't it be great for this show if just uh the, zendaya did one instagram post being like this is my favorite nintendo podcast i've always said off mic that she's she is selfish that's right uh so if she would just do it no look here's what you need to do you need to email us your address so we can let you borrow my copy of Sonic Forces. It's and not leave, as fun. Leave Zendaya alone. She's just trying to live her life. She is. And enjoy this podcast in peace. That's right. I'm sorry, Zendaya. I apologize. Um, yeah, send us an email to Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com with your address, and I send you my copy of Sonic Forces for the Switch. You play it for as long as you want. You send it back. It costs you nothing. Also, uh, recently we've just had some really nice five-star reviews. Uh, from Here Salty and Zero Suit CJ. Guys, we're one review away from having eight reviews in the Apple Podcast United States store. I know that you guys are doing God's work mm-hmm. and you're reviewing us all over the place and we love it. But the only place I check 
is Apple Podcasts. <laughs> right. And this is the only place where we're keeping track of how many. And we've decided that 80 is a milestone. So let's get us there. Yeah. But for real, everywhere that you guys are reviewing us, we definitely appreciate it. Um, all right, Mark, we've got a lot to get through uh, today. So should we just get into what we've been playing this week? I think we should. I don't know why, but the music feels like it's got a pep in its step today. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're both like rocking out. To yeah. It. Um, Super Mario Maker 2. Need we say more? Um, it's the game that keeps on giving. Uh, I've been doing more of this like endless, the, the endless mode where it just keeps kicking back levels to you. Yeah, I, I love that mode. It's so like if you play a level that's like bad or easy or an auto runner or something, then the next one has a, a much higher likelihood of being better. Yeah, I am. It's remarkable to me the quality of the fan made levels that are showing up in like those, the endless run. Because mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like they're necessarily like super popular levels. Yeah, do you know totally. what I mean? They're not yeah. like blowing up on like the hot charts or anything. Yeah, yeah, and it's really cool to uh, like just be playing it sort of casually and like you know set world records and then see those world records uh, you know beaten by other people. Like all the little notifications um, are really cool. I've got two levels up there right now, um, and I don't have my maker code on me. Uh, we'll we'll say them at some point uh, or follow us on Twitter. I, I'll, I'll I'll give it out there, um, and. Uh, it's just, it's fun every time I log into it to get those like little notifications that like someone has played your level or liked it or set a new world record. Um, it's all really cool. I finished the story mode, so I finished like building the castle back up. Yeah, I, I really do still have like forty five more levels. It's amazing, at least right? To go through. Um, I I ended up finishing all the story mode levels. Um, there there is some really good, really creative, really challenging levels in there, and some really smart like puzzle ones. Um. And one that was stumping me for a really long time, uh, carrying a, a block all the way to the end, where it's like four doors. Anyway, um, but yeah, I, I, I could not be happier with this game. One uh, like subgenre of levels that I stumbled onto that is really easy to find, you just like search for the music tag, yeah. is levels where basically you're just like not doing anything. You're just running through it. Sometimes they set it up so you literally don't have to do anything. You like fall onto a pedestal that you can't move from, and it just goes through the level but then like it plays music from some other game or some other series and uh the first one i did was like was a kirby was kirby music mm-hmm. and you had to like jump in time to it and i was like well this is just delightful so i searched out all these other like music levels they're definitely like diminishing returns after a while because you totally, like, yeah. get the gimmick but they're very fun to check out if you haven't done so yet uh they, they were pretty prevalent in the original uh super mario maker kind of to the to the point where it became you're like a, i get it yeah i get it yeah. and, and then it'd be like this is from like a fire emblem game that never made it to america and you're like why i don't care about this <laughs> sometimes they sound like a seventh grade orchestra trying to get through the song totally it's like a little off tune and you're like oh my gosh if my kid weren't in this i'd leave <laughs> of course we don't have kids so what are we doing in seventh grade orchestra recitals anyways look so it's the cheapest way to get orange drink. Uh, have you been playing anything else? No, it really is just Super Mario Maker 2 for me. Uh, I've been playing a little bit of Tetris 99, but I mean, that's that's just more my religion at this point. Yeah, we anything. also don't talk about like how we all breathe oxygen. Thank you. All right, that's what we've been playing this week. Let's get into the new releases and what we might be playing, almost certainly will be playing, next week. Tomorrow, June 10th, or excuse me, July 10th, Dr. Mario World is released for iOS and Android. 
Number one, it's crazy that it's July and not June anymore. Number two, Dr. Mario World, baby! So I, in the last couple of days, uh, sites have been posting their impressions of the game. Mm -hmm. I have to admit, my hype for it has lowered somewhat. I have not read any impressions okay. of it. Okay, so I, then I, won't I will not speak ill <laughs> my of Dr. Mario sky World. High. <laughs> and uh, we can pr we'll probably talk about it next week. But Dr. Mario World is here. Awesome. Um... July 11th, the Messenger Picnic Panic DLC is released. Here's really another a banner week. thing I'm excited about. And then on July 12th, Dragon Quest Builders 2 is released. So I played the demo for the first game. Told myself that I wasn't going to buy it because I didn't have time. Mm -hmm. um, but absolutely loved, loved, loved the demo. From what I understand, the second game is even better. It's published by Nintendo. It's You're eligible for like the vouchers. You can redeem a voucher for it. I'm sorely tempted to get it. Again, I'm not sure I'm going to just like as a time thing. Yeah. But um, very excited to see like. But you already got that voucher. I know, but I'm going to, my plan was to use it for Marvel. Mm, yes. But I can just buy more vouchers. Here's I'm, the thing. You're going to buy multiple vouchers. <laughs> I, either way, whether I end up buying this or not, I'm very excited to watch video of it being played and to see how adorable and wonderful it is. And then also on July 12th, God Eater 3 is released. Um, lastly, a reminder that, uh, the Splatfest-themed Tetris 99 Maximus Cup kicks off on the 12th at 12 a.m. 12 and runs to 11.59 on the 15th. You have to get 100 points within that time frame, and you get a, like, Splatoon-themed for Tetris 99. So is this also the weekend of the Splatfest? No, that is next week. I see, and, I see. So yeah. this, this is, uh, this is Teeing a thing. Okay, exactly. This, this is perfect, because I wanted to participate in both. It would oh. be cruel if they um, split the audience. If they like split that. the audience. Yeah, that 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 would be no good. I don't know what we would do here. Sarah and I would have to fight over the switch, and then we'd both just play Tetris ninety nine. <laughs> Luckily, we avoid that scenario. Mm -hmm. Very good. All right, uh, Mark. Let's get out of these new releases. Now it's time for a regular segment on our show. It's time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or a group of performers didn't play their instruments for 4 minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So for the duration of one performance of 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Uh, Mark, today we are going to be ranking the Batman movies and then ranking the Spider-Man movies, and then ranking them together. Okay. Okay, so first, Batman movies. Uh-huh. Do you want to start at the bottom? Do you want to start at the top? Um, uh, let's see if I can just quickly go through my rankings. I haven't really thought about this. So, uh, I think Batman Returns is at the top for me. Is, is your favorite Batman Yeah, movie. Batman okay. Returns, I think, is my favorite. Uh, followed probably, I guess, by The Dark Knight, then Batman, then Batman Begins, then Batman Forever. And well, then, hold on, wait. So, uh, a Batman Forever a be ahead of Dark Knight Returns? Yeah. Okay. And then Dark Knight Returns, and then Batman and Robin. I think that covers all of them. Sure. And we're leaving the old Adam West Batman out of it. And Mask, and Mask of the Phantasm. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, uh, I will agree with that ranking. The only thing that I would change is that I, I would put uh, Dark Knight Returns above uh, Batman Forever. But other otherwise, I agree that... Um, Batman Returns is the best, uh, the the most fun I have with a Batman movie. Which is weird because it's very dark. It is a very. It starts with parents trying to murder their child. Eh, yeah, <laughs> like it's a very dark movie. But to me, it's the perfect balance between like it's dark, but it has a sense of humor about itself. Yes, a dark sense of humor, but it is like 
funny. But yo, that's just Tim Burton. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. I think it's maybe Tim Burton's best movie, possibly. Hmm. Big but that's fish. ranking Ooh, big for fish another day. That's okay, ranking so for big another fish day. number one. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, that was remarkably easy for Batman movies. Okay, great. So now let's do Spider-Man movies. Okay. Um, I'm going to go... So I have not seen Far From Home. So Mark but is not. Seen I will trust your judgment. Okay. Um, I'm going to go right at the top uh, into the Spider Verse. Um, oh, are we counting? So we are counting into the Spider Verse for Spider Man, but we are not counting Mask of the Phantasm for Batman. That's fine. I'm fine yes. with that. Yes. I just want to make sure that that's well because Mask of the Phantasm is uh, obviously an extension of the uh, Batman the Animated Series. There is no like TV show that uh, Spider Verse is an obvious continuation of. I've decided that's the criteria. Okay. <laughs> so I go. I go Spider Verse number one, uh, and then number two. I probably go Far From Home. Uh, and then Homecoming after that, uh, and then Spider-Man 2, Sam Raimi, then Spider-Man, then Spider-Man 3, then Amazing Spider-Man 2, no, then Amazing Spider-Man, then Amazing Spider-Man 2. I, you get no disagreement from me. Okay, now we have to rank these movies, but to shuffle these two lists together. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, Spider-Verse for me goes at the top. So I've only seen it the one time in theaters. I absolutely loved it. Yeah. So there is a little bit of recency bias. I'm I'm fine with that. I'm fine okay. with that. Yeah. Uh, and then I'm gonna say. Then I'm gonna say Batman Returns. Okay. Uh, what's next after that? Dark Knight on the Batman side. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think Dark Knight and original Batman. Okay, so I uh, having not seen mm. Far From Home, I like. I, uh. So. I really liked Homecoming. I thought it was super, super funny. Um, I don't know that it's like as iconic yeah. as either The Dark Knight or uh, Batman. the original Batman. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I'm okay. S- I-, I would do Into the Spider-Verse, Batman Returns, followed by ba- uh, The Dark Knight and Batman. Then, then the, So I did Far From Home and then Homecoming. Okay. So I'll still keep those two there. Um and then, uh, I guess, Raimi Spider-Man 2. I agree with that. Uh, and, and then maybe then... Batman Begins? Yeah, then Batman Begins, then Raimi Spider-Man, uh, and then uh, Batman Forever. And Well, where does the Dark Knight Rises fall in there? After... Uh... <laughs> after, after, after Raimi after Spider-Man? Forever. Right. Oh, uh, for you? me, yes. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, We're agreeing I'm, to each other. I'm, I'm, I'm conceding. Okay, yeah. all right, great, great. Um, I feel like King Homer now. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, okay, okay. So then, yes. Yeah, so Batman Forever, right? Uh, and then, and then, and then rises. I actually think I like Spider-Man Three more than I like. I did not. I did not like The Dark Knight Rises. Mm. Um, I think it's like really politically confused. I think it it's is definitely not very much fun. Confused. Oh well, I guess we'll never we'll know. Never how, know. Wow. We'll never know how the rest of that uh, list lines up. Uh, lines up. We were accompanied today by the uh, K two Orchestra, I believe. I actually closed out the window before I figured out who was accompanying us. Uh, but we also didn't finish our list, so I don't feel bad. All right, Mark, let's get into the news. This is one I'm really excited about. Yep. The unofficial Universal Orlando podcast shared leak images of a model for the Super Nintendo World theme park land coming to Universal Studios parks in the next few years. Um, I We should get more leaks of models. Did you see recently when uh, 
the production for Mouse Guard was yeah. shut. Mm-hmm. Mouse Guard movie was shut down, um, and they did like that little like quick tour of the studio, and there are all these cool models and all this cool concept art. I just want to see that. Show me all the mo- whatever you're working on before the thing you're working on. Let me see it. And we I very rarely in. do. Yeah. Why is that for like, for parks? Um, I think it's because they're very like protective and secretive mm. about stuff and like things that maybe don't make it into this iteration. Like uh, the idea will never die. Yeah. And so they don't necessarily want, they also don't want to like compare because when they're making these models, a lot of it is just like, or at least initially a lot of it's like the big version of it before it gets pared down yeah. for like budgetary reasons or just like the compromises you always have to make in a cre- any creative endeavor. Right. You can't actually strap a cape on someone and make them fly. You right. Mean? Exactly. But this looks very, very cool. I encourage you to uh, find the images that I'm sure were taken illegally. Um, apparently. Oh, can we do this? <laughs> apparently they're from 2016. So maybe not exactly the final product, but also Super Nintendo World at Universal Studios Japan has been under construction for many years now, so probably very close. So here's what we know is coming. We actually, uh, Universal and Nintendo have said none of this is official, right? Mm-hmm. Um, nothing has been officially announced other than we know these lands are coming. But this is what insiders and rumors are saying will be included, and it's backed up by what's in the model. Perfect. So for Universal Studios Japan, which is the first one to open next year in 2020, it will include a Mario Kart ride, mm-hmm. a Yoshi ride. Now tell me about this Yoshi ride, because I can imagine what a Mario Kart ride is. So the Yoshi ride, from what we've seen and what we've heard, is it's a like Omnimover style, which if you've ever been on the Haunted Mansion at Disneyland, mm-hmm. those ride vehicles are called Omnimovers. It's basically that, except you are riding on top of a Yoshi. Perfect. Uh, in a line, and they're all different colors, going through like this like ride. So are you on your own Yoshi? That's what it appears to be. That's so cool. But we'll see, because that... Like, for capacity reasons, right. you know, like, how does that work? So, we'll see. Um, a toadstool cafe. And then, so the, and then there are other elements that are difficult to make out in the pictures of the model. But that's the, the two rides and that, like, um, I'm sure there's, like, stores and stuff. But the two rides in that restaurant seem to be, like, the major components of it. And then there's also a model. And that is apparently all that's coming to Universal Studios Japan in this first one. At Universal Studios Hollywood. The, where they have just less real estate. The rumor is that we're just getting the Mario Kart ride and the Toadstool Cafe. Okay. And that the Yoshi ride, the same like ride mechanism, will be, be used for the Secret Life Pets ride that's coming. Um, and then in the model, if you take a pipe, if you walk through a pipe, there's a whole Donkey Kong land that seems to be based on Donkey Kong Country. That's and like, great. There's like paths where you're walking and like Rambi is there and you can see like an audio animatronic Rambi. And then the big ride is this coaster called, uh, in the um, model, it's called Minecart Madness. Which is the name of that level from the original Donkey Kong Country. And the ride system that they have a patent for is basically um, you'd be in a minecart that's on a track, but the track is like a false track and underneath that would be a different track with like an arm that's connected to your minecart. So that way, like in Minecart Madness, you could there would be gaps in the track that you see that you would have to jump over. So cool. Um, so that is apparently not in the first phase for Japan or Universal Studios Hollywood. But where it might show up is at Universal Studios Orlando. They're building a yet-to-be-officially-announced third theme park. 
So they'll have lots of room. Yeah. And um, maybe potentially all of this stuff will end up there. But nobody really knows at this point. Is it? This is exciting. It's going to be so cool. I if, I can't. I mean, we'll obviously have to do episodes about it uh, when when these parks open. I mean, I assume we're going to Japan next year to cover the opening. Yes. As guests of Nintendo and Zendaya. That's right. Zendaya, if you just want to shoot us an email, that's Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. We will be your plus two. Um, but yeah, it's. I think it's going to be very, very cool. Yeah. Uh, there was a new trailer for Pokemon Sword and Shield yesterday. Awesome. Four new Pokemon were revealed. Uh, yeah, and new is maybe a, a relative term because the first one, or one of them that they showed off, is Yamper, the uh, sort of electric corgi that we saw in the E3 demo. Um, he must have been in some uh, like footage or something that made it out to people who weren't actually at the show, right? I guess probably like in the gameplay footage that people were able to record, yeah. but I don't think he's ever been like officially announced. So Yamper's out there. Uh, very cute. Uh, how how do you say this one? Uh, I think Al Creamy. <laughs> I think it's Al Cream, Al Creamy, mm-hmm. Al Creamy. Uh, it's a sort of like strawberry shortcake that qu- quote yes. makes its own whipped cream. Yeah, that's <laughs> in that's in its description in the Pokedex. It makes its own whipped cream, and it looks like it's just made of whipped cream. It is a confusing dessert Pokemon. Uh, Roly Coley. Is a hunk of coal with eyes. Right. Love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Duraludon mm-hmm. is a steel dragon type that kind of looks like a chicken were, that's also a transformer. Yeah, it looks kind of like maybe it's a robot and maybe it's a bird, but it also like stands upright. It's, 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 it's a strange looking creature. Um, I love Yamper. Yeah, and I love, I love uh, Al Creamy because I'm like, what <laughs> yeah, is it, happening here? It makes me uncomfortable to say its name. Uh, some new characters were also announced. Mm-hmm. Chairman Rose, who... It's not clear what he is. Um, so he, he's not a trainer, um, but he kind of like steps out in front of the stadium and, uh, you know, it, like everyone is cheering him on. He's wearing a suit. Um, so I think he's like the commissioner of Pokemon fighting. Oh, sure. Like maybe he's like the commissioner of the league. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Oleana. Yep. I don't know anything about this character. She's got big hoop here, hoop earrings, wears a red dress, and uh, like a, a choker. Uh, B. Yep. Who's a fighting type gym leader? Yeah, she seems really cool. The internet's excited about B. Uh, she, what cool thing about her? She's not wearing shoes. Goes out on the field barefoot. Can't be served in McDonald's. That's correct. And then Alistair is a ghost type gym leader. Yeah, he's wearing like a little, like, it looks like a shy guy mask to me. Uh, could be like a, uh, no, I, I have no idea. I have no idea. His sleeves are too long. He fights with a Mimikyu. Um, it seems like they're doing a really good job of injecting uh, personality into these gym leaders. Yeah, totally. Um, and then we learned a little bit more about uh, Gigantamaxing. Yeah. Which uh, changes the size and, and appearance of your Pokemon. Yeah, so that makes it somewhat different from... Dynamaxing, which just makes the Pokemon big and changes their moveset. Right, because uh, I believe you can only, they were saying you can only Gigantamax in like certain areas. Gigantamax of... or Dynamax? Oh, jeez. I don't know now. See, they, like this is, <laughs> this is going to be tough. I think we don't know anything about Gigantamaxing at this point. Oh, okay, point. okay. Um, other than uh, we saw um, Gigantamaxed forms of the Al Creamy 
Um, and she's like on top of a giant like layered wedding what cake. What a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's insane. Um, we also see the Corviknight and uh, the Dreadnought um, in their Gigantamax forms. Um, so those are so far only, only the new ones uh, from the Galar region that we have seen in, in this slightly different form. And there's no word on uh, how frequently you can do that, what makes it different from Dynamaxing, or if you'll be able to make your Pikachu do it or whatever. So I guess more to be revealed. Yes. Um, the GBA game, Harvest Moon, Friends of Mineral Town, is considered to be the best game in the series to a lot of people. It definitely uh, was the Harvest Moon game that I fell in love with, for sure. Uh, and it was announced that it's getting a complete remake in the form of Story of Seasons, Friends of Mineral Town. Uh, interesting. Uh, have have they announced platforms for it? I assume Switch. Yeah, uh, Switch is the only one that I know for sure. I guess it wouldn't surprise me if it's coming to like PS4 and stuff. But Switch is the only one that I cared about. Um, so I like Harvest Moon, um, but have not followed it into uh like its new identity. Um, is this something that you would pick up? It was something I would have been so excited for. Before Stardew Valley. Right. And now, now that itch has been scratched. Yeah, absolutely. Especially because, like, um, the new art style for the remake is, like, kind of 3D. It's just not really, like, doing it for me. Yeah. Uh, but, like, I would be, depending on the price, I would be interested to, like, check it out. It's been a long time since I've played a Story of Seasons or even just, like, a new Harvest Moon game. Sure. Uh, the game is coming to Japan in October of this year. We know that it's coming west at some point, but as far as I know, no date has been announced. Uh, and if you're wondering why it used to be called Harvest Moon, but now it's called Story of Seasons, uh, Natsume used to publish the games in the West, and so they retained the rights to the Harvest Moon name. But when Marvelous, the Japanese company, decided to start like doing it themselves, then they had to change it to Story of Seasons here in the West because uh, they didn't own the rights to Harvest Moon. Which is a shame, because I feel like Harvest Moon is such a good name for yeah, these things. Yeah, totally. Uh, Nintendo has been releasing some older games for the NVIDIA Shield in China. And the most recent one is Donkey Kong Country Returns, the, original, the game that was originally published for the Wii. The new release has 1080p visuals and no motion controls. Ooh, this is the superior way to play this game. <laughs> yeah, like I hate to say it, but I would love to see this on Switch. I don't uh, hate to say that. No, I, it's, <laughs> I was about to ask, like, what do you hate about saying that? <laughs> uh, This was, of course, Nintendo's strategy for China. They were just kind of like dipping their toes in the water before this official partnership with Tencent to officially bring the Switch to mainland China was announced. Um, I mean, man, because for for me right now, the definitive way to play Donkey Kong Country Returns is on the 3DS because it does away with the motion controls. But to also be able to play it in 1080p, which is like 30 times the resolution (laughs) of a 3DS. Man, that would that'd be great. That's that game is so good, um, and I wish it weren't hampered by it, its motion controls, which make it all, like almost unplayable on the Wii. Uh, Fire Emblem was kind of a niche series in the West until the release of Fire Emblem Awakening for the 3DS, when the series has basically just like exploded in popularity since then. That's that's when I found it. Uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses director Toshiyuki Kusa, uh, excuse me, Toshiyuki. Kusakihari, sure, was asked by uh, VG247 about what changed that made Awakening so successful compared to the earlier titles. And 
He says he has no idea. He says, uh, quote, to tell you the truth, it was a very big surprise. To tell you more, I can say I honestly still don't understand why it was such a success. As we didn't realize, uh, we didn't make any change to our philosophy to make Awakening be liked outside Japan. I still don't understand why it's so popular. It's strange. Uh, it's a good game. I mean, it's... I, I would argue that it is it is the best of the games that has come out since uh, Awakening. Like it, it, in for my money, it's better than Fates. And it's better than um, Echoes, Shadows of Valencia. Um, but like, I don't know. For for me, it does such a good job of marrying um, like the relationship building component of it with the strategy aspect. Um, like you have characters that fight better when you are building up their relationships in like the sort of outside the battlefield thing um, that they then fight better when they're standing next to each other, which then unlocks more options in the relationship builder. So like, and then beyond that, there's this time travel element where your characters are having children and they come back from the future to help you fight in the present day. And the stats and characteristics of those characters are determined by who you're pairing up all of your characters with. So like, it's 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 just, it's just perfect. Like the the way that your army is formed by uh, the relationships, it makes it one of the most meaningful relationship simulators I've ever played, and also one of the more like emotional strategy games I've ever played. It's just so good. Well, the internet's like joke answer to basically sum up all that you said yes. in one like pithy word is waifus. Sure. I mean, look, if if we wanna if we wanna knock a whole genre of game <laughs> by just saying waifu, like I think relationship simulator is not something that like outside of the uh, community of people that play relationship sims um, that aren't like super well respected necessarily. Um, but I think that Fire Emblem Awakening does that in approachable in an approachable way that doesn't feel like it's stuck in that genre. Um, like it just feels very dynamic and obviously there's as soon as you can it's like ah well romance component oh but it's tied to the violence okay great um now now it's acceptable to do it so i i I think it's really just um uh uh like an alchemy there that like no one can really understand but also it's because you can make your characters hook up Uh, nintendo has a history of not following up on popular games with seemingly like no-brainer sequels we see that kind of with like F Zero. Where's Super Mario Brothers Two Two? Exactly. Um, where's Pokemon Snap? A generation wants to know. Uh, why has there never been a Pokemon Snap Two? In an interview with Metro, Game Freak's Junichi Masuda replied to the idea of the much requested sequel with a very Nintendo esque answer. Okay, well I can't hear. I, I Mark, I, I'm letting you know I cannot wait to hear this. Well, he says. All I can say is that I don't think we can just make the same thing again. So we'd have to come up with a very unique twist on this if we do make another one. Um, is he right? Uh, I mean, no. They could obviously just make another Pokemon Snap. Also, it's important to frame this like uh, in the written form of this interview. There's like laughs and quotation marks on both sides like sure. all the time. Like the way that the interviewer phrases it is basically like, uh, hey, how come in the, it's the year 2019 and there's no Pokemon Snap 2? Sure. And, like, they're all laughing, having a good time. Sure. So we're being joke boys. Yeah. Okay. But, but I do think that there is truth to this in the same way that, you know, we see uh, a lot of answers from Miyamoto or people from, from Nintendo where they're, like, when people ask about F-Zero, they're just kind of like, uh, 
we feel, you know, we've kind of done everything, you know, that we feel like we want to do with F Zero. But if a new gameplay idea comes up that works with F Zero, then we'd be happy to, you know, like that sort of thing. It's just so weird that because like Pokemon Snap could be a platform at this point, right? Like totally they could just you can make people subscribe to it and like charge them 10 bucks a month and every month, like a mobile game yeah oh my god it could be a mobile game it kind of was that's a little bit what, what pokemon go was but i mean yeah if you made it like a mobile game that was just i mean that that that's perfect you you nailed it uh finally matt piscatella from the npd group which is an industry analysis group that compiles and shares sales dat uh data for the united states you hear us mention them probably, you know, like every once in a while. In the past few months, he's been sharing interesting tidbits of information about historical sales data. And this past week, he shared the top 10 best-selling third-party games ever on all Nintendo platforms. Okay, so we're going platform-wide here. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Mega Man, uh, DuckTales, uh, Mega Man 2 uh ducktales too <laughs> you know if you uh in our past episodes when we talked about like the top selling wii third-party games mm-hmm. some of these are going to sound very familiar to you that's right the wii was very successful <laughs> they are guitar hero world tour okay number is, one that is the number that is one number one selling third-party guitar game. hero world tour yeah. was the best-selling guitar hero on nintendo platforms now one thing that i am not clear on is most recently in the past couple of years, NPD Group, when they share numbers, it's based on, um, it's not based on units sold. It's based on revenue generated. Holy cow. So it's possible that because World Tour, was it more expensive? Like if you bought like instruments and stuff that it would count, you know, that it would just be more revenue. Okay. Hold on. Unit sold. Hold, hold, hold on. Uh, I, I need to check here. World Tour. That's not the. The DS one, right? No, no. Okay. What what is that one called? It's like uh On Tour. On Tour. Okay. All right. The world <laughs> makes a little more sense. I thought you were saying that the guitar hero on the DS with the weird little plug-in that goes in the Game Boy Advance. Yeah, you kinda played like a trumpet. Yeah, that you kinda played like a trumpet and only had room for three keys, and even then it was too small and, and my hand hurts just thinking about playing it. That would have been amazing. Not on the list. All right. Okay. Uh, Guitar Hero World Tour. Mm-hmm. Oh, basically, uh, my sidetrack. The point of this is, I don't. I'm not sure if this is units sold or just revenue generated. Sure. So yes, because you would have. To, it's like a two hundred dollar kit with like the drums and everything. Guitar Hero World Tour. Uh, number two was Guitar Hero Three: Legends of Rock. Okay. Just Dance Two. Third best selling, third party game. Just Dance Three. Followed by Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games. That's surprising to me. Lego Star Wars The Complete Saga. Rock Band. Just Dance 4. Mario and Sonic the, at, the winter, at the Olympic Winter Games. And then Rock Band 2. Okay, so we got um, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7 rhythm games on the top 10 best-selling third-party Nintendo games. And DJ Hero does not appear at all. If you... We're ever wondering how much money was made at Guitar Hero's peak. Yeah. Like, I think this very clearly sums it up. Uh, and then just disappeared. Yeah, like almost overnight. <sighs> Remember, uh, it was maybe, what, like two years ago that they tried to bring both series back? Yeah. And, like, it just didn't happen? Just, like, a huge collective shrug. 
<sighs> Which is a shame because like rhythm games are fun. Like I like them, but I also don't want to like keep a plastic drum set in my it's house. It's super weird that for three years we all wanted to. Yeah. Yeah, and like anytime you'd go over to your friend's house, it's like, oh yeah, we're gonna play Guitar Hero. Yeah. That's what happens when people are together. <laughs> we pretend to like uh oh, what's the name of that that band? Uh that Through the Fire and the Flames. <laughs> uh <laughs> nope. I'm not gonna I'm, I was gonna say Imagine Dragons, but I know that's not right. Wait, but this was the song that was the at the like end, end of Guitar Hero like, three. They also did stuff for metal op apocalypse metalocalypse yeah uh that's that's brendan small right okay hold on i'm, I'm looking it up because it's we're at the end of the show and yep and it's a short show so <laughs> <laughs> through the fire and the flames is dragon force mm-hmm. of course mark we should have known it was dragon force uh here let's listen to a little bit of dragon force All right, I'm not going to play anymore because I don't, <laughs> don't want to get taken down for a copyright strike. But man, I remember uh, the first time getting to the end of uh, Guitar Hero 3, and like that's what plays over the main credits, and you're just doing it with it, because y- otherwise you would fail out because you're not that good at this game. I mean, looking back, we kind of poo-poo it a little bit, but at the time, I was all in. Oh yeah, it was the most fun you could have playing a video game with friends. And now we just complain about them on podcasts. All right, Mark, let's get out of the news. All right. (laughs) That's not how we get out of anything. (laughs) Let's get out of the news. Okay, that's going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. If you like this episode, please share it on Facebook or Twitter. Um, We like that stuff. It helps us out tremendously. Also, please do come back on Thursday. We've got a heck of an episode for you where we are determining the best Mario power-up with Christian Hume. It is a good one. Come back for it. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell. And the show is at Nincart Society. We also have a Facebook page, and that's just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Ape Betty. You can get more of his music by going to apebetty.com or by listening right now. From my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers wondering aloud if we should change our theme music to <laughs> to uh, Dragon Dragon Force. I've forgotten the name of the band already. <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs>